0: And now I want to invite all of our young ones, our children, to come forward for a moment. If you would, come join me up here. And if you're worshiping at home and you're a a young person, you may move closer to the screen at this time. And those of you that are coming up for the children's sermon today, you're going to have to come this way and come around. Yeah, come right over here. And then you'll meet me over here. Yeah, because we've got the rail closed today for communion. So come on up, come on up. Yeah. All right, y'all have a seat right there. I'm going to sit up here. We'll wait till everybody makes their way around. How are you today? You okay? You good? Yeah? All right. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you were listening to Mr. Rob as he was saying all of those words, but he had some strange things to say up there. He was, he was speaking some of the words of the prophet Isaiah, and if you don't know what a prophet is, I'm going to talk a little more about what a prophet is in a little bit. But a prophet is somebody that that tries to understand what it is that God might be wanting to say to us, might be wanting us to hear in our lives. So you know what? I'm going to try something really dangerous. Oh, well, no! He's not a bad guy. He was a, he was a good guy. But you know what? Somebody could could try to say that they're hearing the voice of God and do something bad with that, couldn't they? So, so we have to be careful when somebody says that, but yeah, well, the, what was happening was he was talking about some of the ways that people were acting in the cities. So the good guy was Isaiah speaking, but he was talking about people that weren't acting so well. And I'm going to try something a little bit dangerous today, because you know what? Prophets can be a little bit dangerous sometimes. I want us to see, because Isaiah believed that God was with us all the time, speaking to us, helping us know what to do, and who to be, and how to become more like God would want us to be. So I'm going to ask you to do this, we're going to close our eyes for a minute, we're going to listen quietly for a moment for the voice of God, okay? So Just take a deep breath. Now open your eyes and look at me. Is there something you think God wants us to hear today? If you do, raise your hand. Just tell me something. Okay, I'm going to call on you though, okay? What, what, yeah? Be Be good. Did you hear that, congregation? A prophetic voice up here. Be good. Okay, what do you think God wants us to hear? What's that? you have one? What is it? Yeah? Well, she's got one. It's just in here. What's the one you've got? Oh, pray every day. There's another one, congregation. Pray every day. Good. Does somebody else, somebody else, hear God telling us something else today? What's God say? Meow. Meow. God is saying meow to us. So maybe God is saying, pay pay it. Maybe God is saying, pay attention to creation and to the animals that bless us in our lives. Meow. Okay. What about you? Shh, wait. Hold on. Let me hear one more. Okay, to be kind. Thank you. You know what? We can all listen for the voice of God. And if we still ourselves and try to hear what it is that God wants us to be doing, it can change the way we live our lives together. So I want you to continue to try to do that with me. Can you pray with me this morning? Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways that you communicate with us by being present with us, and by opening our hearts to the people that you would have us be. Help us listen to the prophets in our midst and the voices that are speaking what it is that God would have us hear, even in the voices of our youngest among us. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen. All right. Now, those of you that are... (laughs) All right. Let go of your hands now. Those of you that are three, four, and five can go with Pastor Maggie over there to Children's Church. And if you're... Okay, and then if you're older, you can go back and sit with your family, okay? Thank you. Even kids can be prophets, right? This time last week... I was on my way back from vacation. I was on vacation in New York City. I was with my family and we were there for four and a half days and we were in Manhattan the whole time and we did a lot of the normal things you would do to have fun and sightsee but the primary reason we went was because my daughters are obsessed with musical theater. My daughters are actresses. They love to act, they love to sing, they love to watch musical movies, they love to watch musicals on stage, they love to listen to musical soundtracks and sing them all around our house. Our house is always full of music and loudness, sometimes to my chagrin. But they had never been to Broadway and they really wanted to go and so we decided we would go to New York And we saw three shows in the four days that we were there, which is packing it in. We saw a modern classic in Wicked. We saw a classic, classic revival of The Music Man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster, which was amazing. And then we saw a kind of quirky, newer kind of musical in Beetlejuice, which is based on the 1980s movie, And it had been a long time since I had been to a Broadway show as well. And I was struck by the power of performance on the stage. It's amazing. You have what in every other context is a normal, everyday person, and in this place, they're transformed. So we went to see some of these actors and actresses, you know, come out of the stage door after the shows, and they were just regular old normal people like us. Well, except for Hugh Jackman. But the rest, the rest were everyday normal people like us. And yet then when they get on stage with the lights and the set and the costumes and the makeup and all of that, and then of course their talent, they step into this role and they start to channel a different personality. They're transformed and they have this power to draw you into a new world. Uh, They draw you in and you start to feel things and you start to think about things differently. It's an amazing experience. And as I thought about that, and then I was reflecting on Isaiah as a prophet this week, I realized that the work of a prophet is a lot like the work of a performer. It's really quite similar, except instead, the prophet has the daunting task of stepping into the personality and the voice of God. <laughs> so instead of channeling the Wicked Witch of the West or a wacky wacky poltergeist in Beetlejuice, a prophet is channeling the voice of God. That's what makes prophecy so powerful. It's what makes prophecy have the potential to be world changing. And it's also, as as one of our friends helped us remember, it's also the thing that can also make prophecy potentially dangerous. If somebody says they're speaking the Word of God and yet maybe they're using it in a way that is coercive or or domineering. And so we have to be careful about that. And it does make one wonder, what even makes somebody think they can speak for God in the first place. When you heard Rob read those words so powerfully, it's like, how can somebody believe they can speak that forthrightly in the name of God? Well, it's been my experience that those around me that I've seen that seem to be prophetic, and when you look at the examples of prophets in the Bible, it's these people that have spent a long time leaning into and drawing near to God Drawing nearer and nearer to God in such a way that then they almost become in tune with the times. And they can start to get a sense of what maybe it is that God is calling from us in those moments. Now, that's a scary thing. I'll tell you, as somebody that just has to get up and preach and expound on the Word of God, sometimes I'm like, who am I to do that? (laughs) Who am I to try to make that kind of proclamation? And prophets do that in an even bolder and stronger way. So it's a dangerous thing, but it can be a life-giving thing too. And that's exactly what we see with Isaiah here. Isaiah is operating and speaking to his people in the 8th century BCE, before the complete fall of the northern kingdom of Israel to Assyria, before the fall of the kingdom of Judah to Babylon, they're kind of in this space where they should be in a good place as a people. And yet things don't seem to be going so well. Isaiah looks out at the people and says, Look around. You say you believe in the God that liberated us from Egypt, brought us out of captivity into this land. You do the rituals and the worship that says... That you trust in this God that calls us to be a people that are acting out God's love and righteousness and goodness among us. You claim to be these people. And yet when I look around and when you look around, if you really think about it, are you doing it? Or is the way you're acting not matching up? Are you forgetting the oppressed? Forgetting the widow, the orphan? You have blood on your hands. You are not acting in ways that are life-giving within yourselves and with your neighbors. And this is a path for destruction. He he even he even calls them Sodom and Gomorrah, these these almost mythical cities that were used as a as a as an image of what it means to fall so far away from God that everything falls apart. And so I think about Isaiah in this moment and you have this picture on your bulletin that has Isaiah overlooking the city of Jerusalem. And as I thought about that picture and, and had it in my mind, it brought to mind the concept of adaptive leadership. Have you all ever heard this term adaptive leadership? Is there anybody out there? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. I want want to know that at least some... Okay, good. A few people know what I'm talking about. In leadership circles the last few years, it's become very common to talk about learning more about adaptive leadership. And what that means is that there are some problems that are so complex and so difficult that they just simply do not have easy answers. So an adaptive problem is different from a technical problem. In a technical problem, you can figure out the answer really easily. So it might be something like a flat tire is a technical problem. You know, you either need to patch the tire and then fill it back up, or you might need a brand new tire. But once you do one of those two things, you can get back on the road again. That's a technical problem. But an adaptive problem might be, oh, it seems like the hearts of the people aren't where they should be. Well, how in the heck do you solve that problem and what they say in adaptive leadership is what you need to do is you need to get up on the balcony they talk about getting a balcony view and you look down and you look at all the things that are going on all the different components of the problem and you start to ask questions about it and then you start to work together to live into something new that's unknown and unknowable really because it's a new problem to figure out And I think that's the work of a prophet. The work of a prophet is to take the balcony view and to take the balcony view with God in mind and in heart. So I thought about that this week. I thought about Isaiah and this balcony view, looking over Jerusalem, and then I thought, gosh, what would it be for a prophet to look at us like that right now? what would it be for a prophet to look at our nation right now? What would it be for a prophet to look at our church right now? That prophet might say something like, Listen up! Listen up, United States of America! You who claim to live into the God-given God-given gifts of freedom and liberty and justice for all. How's it looking right now? God might say, hey, Weston United Methodist Church, listen up. You say that God loves everyone unconditionally, but how are you making that evident in the way that you live? Listen up, you United Methodists. When you were baptized, you promised to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Do you see any fruit of that? Listen up, you Christian. You say you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself, and not just your neighbor, but your enemy too. Is that happening among you right now? You see, I think the mark of a true prophet is not somebody that predicts the future. And it's not somebody that has all of the right answers either. Sometimes, if you really look at the prophet, sometimes they get the answers right and sometimes they get the answers wrong. And you only know in retrospect when they were right, which is kind of a frustrating thing about prophecy. But I think, I think a true prophet is someone that is so close to God that they can put their finger on what the right issues are and the right problems are, and also someone who can ask the right questions and remind us that our relationship with God is not this separate domineering thing, but it's this God that in this wonderful phrase that Isaiah uses says, come now, let us argue it out. We are called as the people of God to argue it out with God, to argue it out with one another, but to do it together in ways that guard the dignity and the life-giving aspects of what it means to be the people of God. So I think, if nothing else, a prophet like Isaiah today would look at us and say, draw near to God. and." Come now, let us argue it out. Are we bold enough to listen like that? And are we maybe even bold enough to speak and act like that? I don't have all the answers. But I think God is raising the questions. So come now, let us argue it out.